the one and only true people of God. That is the message for today. Ladies and gentlemen, very important message. Uh, something you need to understand, folks. In the sight of God, there's only one true people of God. Now, you either belong to that group, that group of people, or you don't. And the people who do belong to uh, the true people of God, they are saved and they are heaven-bound. And those who do not believe, they are unsaved and hell-bound at this point in their life. What could be more important uh, than knowing uh, whether or not you belong to this group that I'm about to talk about uh, today. So I'm talking about regular people, folks, you know, the clerk at the supermarket, the, the young man or young lady uh, taking orders at McDonald's or Burger King, the Uber driver, the bus driver, the bank teller, the CEO of the big brokerage firm, the drunk on the street, the rich dictator, the presidents of major and small countries. Now, they either belong to the one true people of God, or they don't. You see, God's not a respecter of persons. So uh, I'll be speaking today out of the book of Ephesians. I'm going verse by verse, every verse in that chapter, and I'll give you other cross-references to help us better understand uh, the topic before us today. So let's get started here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to Look at verses 1 to 3. It says, And you hath he quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Wow, there's a mouthful uh, right there, folks. The author, by the way, of this uh, book of Ephesians, which is found in the New Testament, was the Apostle Paul. Now, keep in mind, he was uh, formerly a persecutor of Christians, consenting unto the death of many of those Christians, a Jewish man. So keep that in mind as I speak today. So it tells us here, it, it, it says, you hath he quickened. So he's talking to believers. The word quickened there means made alive. So he's telling the believer uh, that God has quickened them. He made them alive and they were dead in their trespasses and sins. So the word were, obviously, this is something in the past. They were, they were dead. They were spiritually dead in their trespasses and in their sins. And he's telling them that, he says, hey guys, in the past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who's he talking about? Talking about the devil. Satan himself, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So folks, the believer is, was formerly walking uh, in his own trespasses, in his own sins, doing his own thing. That describes each and every one of us, folks. That describes me. You're doing your own thing. You're living your own life. 
You you eat what you eat when you want to eat it. You go where you go when you want to go. No relationship at all with Almighty God. Keep that in mind. That's how it was for me, folks. It says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Listen to that. So, so you're living your life, folks. You, you go out, perhaps you like to party. You go to nightclubs. You like to drink. You like to booze it up. You like to smoke your pot. Well, all of these things. And maybe you're not into any of those things. You say, I'll never drink. No, I'm not into drugs. But, but let me say something to you, folks. You're still represented in that group of people if you do not know the Lord. This is what I want to get across to you. So you're fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Maybe you like to travel. You go around the world. You like to take cruises. You know, some people go on so many cruises, it's not even funny. Several cruises a year, it's party time. You pay your fee, you eat all you want, and you just party and, and do other things, unmentionable things sometimes, folks. So you know what I'm talking about. It tells us here, it says, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So that, that described me, okay? I was a child of wrath. I was on my way to hell, folks. And so were you. You know, every true Christian, folks, has a testimony. You have to have a testimony. There's a before and there's an after, you see? You know, I always talk about, you know, how we used to like reading uh, books and so on and so forth. I remember I used to... Uh, Read books on how to get rich and stuff like that. You know, I remember there was a saying something like anything you can conceive in your mind, you know, you can you can have it, you know. Now, the thing is funny, the things you're conceiving in your mind have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the Lord, nothing to do with salvation. It's all about, you know, conceive, I, I want to be rich. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you conceive in your mind, you see. So, um, I, I, the point I want to make, folks, is I was a child of wrath. I was... Dead in my sins. Okay, keep this in mind. So, so if I'm dead in my sins, I need life. Okay? Let's go down to verse 4 now. But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, made us alive, together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Hallelujah. So, Look at that, folks. It says, but God, thank God, but God, hallelujah, but God, who was rich in mercy and because of his great love. So here we are, folks. We're, we're walking our own way. We're dead in our sins. And now, after we put our faith in Christ, we hear the gospel. It tells us that even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, he made us alive. You see, it has to do with the resurrection. Remember, Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. So the, the Christian, the person who has their faith in the Lord, we get to be a partaker in that uh, death and uh, resurrection. So that's what it's talking about here. He made us alive. So he was put to death, but he was made alive. Uh, he rose from the dead. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to take it again. So mercy is shown toward us verse 6 and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness 
toward us through Christ Jesus. So, once again, it says, we've been raised up together, talking about the believer. We're seated with him. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, folks, uh, we're still here on earth, but by faith, we are seated with Christ in heaven. That's what that's talking about. It's, it's like, it's that, uh, he's the anchor of our soul, you see? So even though we're still here, we're walking by faith, we know one day we will go to be with the Lord. So that's the beauty of what he's talking about there. Let's go to verse 8. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so that's beautiful, folks. How are we saved? This is by grace are you saved. It's through faith. So we get saved. How was I saved? Through faith, folks. It's the mercy of God. It's the gift of God, not of works. I didn't earn my way uh, into this relationship, this uh, being saved, folks. It's not because of anything that I did, you see. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Nobody who's a believer, a Christian who can say that they're saved, nobody can say, I'm saved because of what I did. Fiddlesticks, nonsense, impossible, Okay. So it says here, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So uh, keep in mind, folks, you know, I've uh, shared this illustration before. Uh, The tree came before the apple, not the apple before the tree. So the apple is obviously the fruit of the tree. But without the tree, there could be no apple. You see, the tree grows, and you know, it, it gets rain, and it gets water. Next thing you know, it has branches, it has leaves, and then you see the fruit. You see, the apple is going to be produced uh, by that tree. But that apple did not come before the tree, folks. You see that? So uh, the Bible tells us, that we are his workmanship. We are the workmanship of Almighty God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So, so no matter who you are, if you're a true believer, you're a Christian, you know, God has ordained things for you to do. Oh, yes, he has. Now, now keep in mind, I said, folks, your good works don't uh, earn you salvation. You see, the, the, the works follow. It, 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 these are works that are done through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Any other good works or dead works, folks? Let me give you a cross reference here. John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Keep that in mind, folks. If you don't know Christ, your good works in the sight of God mean nothing. They're dead works. They're worthless. Can't earn your 
way to heaven, folks. And, you know, keep that in mind, you know, because I, I know there are a lot of well-meaning people uh, out there, you know, that, that uh, they're well off as uh, how it would be described. They have a lot of money in the bank and so on and so forth. But they want to do the right thing. They have compassion in their heart. And, and they believe, you know, by, by helping out or donating uh, lots of money, that God's going to look down upon him one day and say, you know, good, good job, my friend. You did great. No, it's not going to work that way. You cannot earn your salvation, folks. As well-meaning as you might be in what you do, that plays zero part in the salvation of your soul. You want to make sure you're right with God. That's why I'm sharing this message, by the way. You know, are you, are you part of this uh, true people of God that I'm talking about? There's only one. You know, many times people believe that uh, all roads lead to heaven. You know, we might have our differences, but we're all going to end up in the same place. That is false. And that's what I'm proving here today. That is false. I'm, I'm showing you how to become part of this one true people of God. It's very important. Nothing more important for you and your children, your wife, your husband, your, your sons and daughters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, folks. So keep in mind, uh, Jesus said that he was the true vine. He said, without him, you could do nothing. Zip, nada, nothing. Verse 11 in Ephesians 2. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus ye, who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul, he's going into a bit of a different mode here. And he's making a comparison between the Gentiles and the people of Israel. Keep in mind, that Paul is speaking as a Jew. Keep in mind that he was persecuting the people who believed in Jesus Christ, like I believe today. So he, at that point in time before he got saved, before he wrote this uh, letter uh, to the Ephesians, he was unsaved, and he did not comprehend uh, that, that the Christian could be real, that they know the real God. And how deceived he was. Here he was. He knew the scriptures inside out. But yet he did not know God at that point in his life. Don't forget that. So it says here he's talking about the Gentiles. And they, uh, he points out that they're called the uncircumcision. So what's he saying there? The Jewish people that were, were called of God, they, the, uh, the men obviously that were circumcised. Whereas the people who are uh, of the surrounding nations, the Gentiles, they were not of the people of Israel. They were not circumcised. So they were called the uncircumcision by the circumcision, meaning the Jewish people. Okay? So it says that at that point in time, these people, the Gentiles, the, the, the heathen, the, the surrounding nations, they, they were without Christ. But even, even then, folks, back then, you know, they... They could become part of the people of God, okay? But I want you to see, um, for the most part, folks, the, the Gentiles, the surrounding nations, they were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel 
and strangers from the covenants of promise. In other words, they would not have been considered the people of God, okay? They had no hope without God in the world, okay? So it says here, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So we see here, Paul is talking, okay? His ministry now to the Gentile people, and he's telling them now in Christ Jesus, this is the one who went to the cross. He says, now you're made nigh by the blood of Christ. So we know that Christ died. So, so I want you to see, folks, that the, the Jews and the Gentiles have become one. One people of God. There's always really been one people of God. Always. So it's important for you to see that. But right here, it's telling us that the Gentiles are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Don't miss this. So either you're in or you're out, folks. Either you know the Lord or you don't. Jewish or Gentile, Jesus Christ is the one that makes the difference. In other words... You could be a Jewish person, okay? And you, you perhaps you go to your synagogue and you, you read your uh, scriptures, but you don't believe in Jesus Christ. And so the question you might say, well, what about me? I don't believe in Jesus Christ, but I know I believe in God. Well, I would say to you, you are lost. You're, you're still dead in your sins. There's no question about it. The only way you're going to be made right with God is through the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ, Okay? Uh, it couldn't be any clearer. Now, you could have a Gentile uh, who's not serving God. It could be somebody who uh, is a drunk on a street. It could be a homeless man. And people come out up to him and perhaps, you know, give him a sandwich or a soda or something, a pretzel. And, and they throw a little Bible track in there, a gospel track. And he reads it and it has the plan of salvation. And, and the man is touched and, and, and he... And he calls out to God for mercy, and, and, and he says, Lord, save my soul. If that man is genuine and he calls upon the Lord, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that man will be saved, will be truly born again of the Spirit. He is now part of the true people of God, folks. Whereas that man that knew the Scriptures inside and out, who rejected Christ, is not part of the people of God. Don't ever forget that. You missed this, you don't know, you don't know the gospel. I'll tell you flat out, you do not know the gospel. If you think that a Jewish person, and there are people, or even Christians, who think, no, oh, these are God's chosen people. Oh, they're, they're, they're good. They're right with God. You know, John Hagee used to, he used to say, you know, witnessing to Jews is a waste of time. It's hard to believe that somebody actually say that. Folks, I've witnessed to plenty of Jewish people. And you better be witnessing if, if they come across your path and God puts them before your bed and wants you to witness uh, to them, folks. So a, a Jew without Christ is a lost soul. A Gentile without Christ is a lost soul. Okay, so I think we'll uh, make that point here. Let me give you another cross-reference here. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. It says, Paul speaking here, the same man, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat or food and did all drink the same spiritual drink 
for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, you see how many times the word spiritual is mentioned there? It talks about spiritual meat or spiritual food, spiritual drink, and the spiritual rock that followed them. Listen, it says, and that rock was Christ. Now, folks, what you need to understand is the Old Testament, when it talks about the children of Israel, the people of God, were they the people of God? Absolutely. The people of God, it lets us know that there was a spiritual rock that was following them. It's talking about a person, and it's talking about the person of Christ. We're talking about Jesus Christ. This is before he was manifest in the flesh, when he came into the world, okay, and walked the ground, walked this earth, okay? Uh, the, the Jewish people, folks, any true Jew, followed the same Christ, hear me now, that I follow today myself. I'm not Jewish, okay? I'd be considered a Gentile. I told you I was bopping along on the road to hell. I got saved. I was born again of the Spirit. I know Christ paid the price for my sins on the cross. I know I've been justified by his blood, folks. All right? I'm in. I belong to this true people of God, the one and only true people of God. And in that group are believing Gentiles and believing Jews. I serve the same Christ, hear me now, that Moses himself served. I serve the same Christ that David served. Oh, yes, I do. That's what we're talking about here, folks. So, so try to get the understanding of what we're dealing with here. So the true Jew is a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget that. The Apostle Paul also, he said this in Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. He said, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Oh my, oh my. This is, this is a powerful passage of scripture. Some uh, words here, I mean, every word you need, you should know it, folks, okay? What's it saying? L listen to me, folks. The majority of Jewish people throughout the world whether it be New York, Brooklyn, Borough Park, Williamsburg, Forest Hills, go over to Israel, Jerusalem, Haifa, wherever. The majority of Jewish people do not believe in Jesus Christ. Let's get real. Come on. Let's get real here. So what, what, what am I saying here? What, what are the scriptures telling us here? That in the flesh, okay, that they might have that circumcision. We're talking to men here, obviously. It, it means nothing in the sight of God. That the true circumcision is that that takes place inside the heart and the spirit. It is not in the letter, okay? Not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. So that described the Apostle Paul himself, and it described every other Jewish person who 
had their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a circumcision that was invisible that took place inside the heart. By the way, this applies to men and women. Okay? So if you're a woman out there, you, you, you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are on an equal level with every believing man uh, that has ever existed in the world, folks. That's, that's, that's the truth. You know, you know, people, you know, you, you read stories, you know, as I said, I'm a former Catholic. Obviously, I believe they preach a false gospel. But you see, they have their priesthood. And then there's a, a lot of talk, you know, the women wanted to become priests and still do. And they want, but they don't allow women to become priests. If you're in a Catholic church and you're a woman and you're considering becoming a priest, let me, let me save you years of trouble. Don't do it. Get saved the real way. Become born again of the Spirit and you'll be a true priest in the sight of God as saved as can be. You'll be as saved as anybody else. You'll be as saved as the Apostle Paul who wrote these words here, folks. Man or woman. Folks, there's no difference. Okay, Inside the kingdom of God, inside this true people of God, there's neither Jew nor Greek, Gentile, woman, man. It's the spirit of the living God that makes the difference, folks. You've been born again of the spirit. And if you're not born again, folks, you're still dead in your sins. Don't ever forget that. So, as I said, the drunk on the street who genuinely turns to Jesus Christ by faith, he becomes a spiritual Jew. Why? Because the circumcision has taken place inside the heart. Hallelujah. You don't need to go to a Bible seminary. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, although you will find yourself with a love of the scriptures. That's how it was for me. You know, I wasn't reading the Bible. I mean, I used to like going to the bookstore and read books and so on, but I wasn't a Bible reader, okay? But when I got saved, I said, my, oh my, here, the, the book of books is, is really what I needed the whole time. So I'm searching, going off, off on these rapid trails, trying to find the truth, uh, all these self-help books and reading this and reading that. I was bobbing along, folks, in darkness. I was a child of wrath. I was a child of the devil. Nothing but the mercy of God that I got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Acts chapter 4, verses 10 to 12, very well-known passage of Scripture. It says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Wow, that's so powerful, folks. So here's Peter rising up with the spirit of the living God upon him. I mean, you want to talk about boldness, okay? This is the same man that denied the Lord. But now the Holy Ghost is upon him. And, and he's talking to his own people, all the people of Israel. And, and there was a man who was healed, and, and, and uh, they, they wanted to know, by what power, by what name was this man healed? I mean, what an opportunity. So Peter Peter grabbed uh, the bull by the horns right here. Glory to God. And, and he said, I'm going to preach the word right now. And he said, look, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, don't miss this, whom ye crucified. Come on. 
whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This man standing here whole. He's healed because of the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You should jump for joy, folks. And now look, look at what he says. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Could it be any clearer, folks? We're talking about one true people of God. Here it is right here. You, you can't get saved any other way. I don't care if you're Jewish or Gentile. You're not coming in. You are not coming in. You're not promised tomorrow, by the way. You are not coming into this group of people, into the kingdom of God, folks. You will not be there without Jesus Christ. Impossible. Impossible. You have an easier shot of going into New York City and jumping up to the top of the Empire State Building in one leap and bound than you do right here of getting saved without getting into the kingdom of God without Christ. Impossible. You can't do it. You cannot do it, folks. So don't forget that. So do you remember how Jesus dealt with the woman of Samaria at the well and he, how he ministered to her about the living water? Let's go to John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, another cross-reference to help us gain an understanding of what this whole thing's about. This is Jesus talking to that woman of Samaria. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So this is powerful. So, so this lady, she's coming to the wells. It's probably a daily activity uh, for her. And now, all of a sudden, this Jewish man, who just happens to be the son of God, <laughs> God manifests in the flesh, starts talking with her. So she's curious, and, you know, basically she's saying, you know, why, why, why are you talking with me? You, you know that the Jews don't have any dealings with us, because the Jewish people, they looked at these uh, people of Samaria as like a mongrel type of religion, a mixture of truth with uh, paganism, okay? If you put it, want to put it that way. So... Jesus in turn said to her, if thou knewest the gift of God, don't miss this, the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me the drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Folks, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. Whoever you are out there today, folks, you need this living water that I'm uh, talking about here today. You need the Holy Spirit. You don't have the Holy Spirit, folks, you, you, you're lost. You're dead in your sins. So you need this living water. You need the Holy Spirit. Let me go down further in the same chapter, John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So this is Jesus. That's, it. That's him talking there. So he's still talking to this lady, the Samaritan lady. And he says, look, the true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So here, keep, keep in mind the title of this message about the, the one and only true people of God. So if you, you, if you want to be part of that group of people, 
the Lord is telling us here, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. There's tons of religions out there, folks. You can go anywhere, and you're going to find all sorts of religions. People with microphones on the street. People dancing around with sheets all over. It's, it's ridiculous. They don't know the Lord. They're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. So don't miss that. So, you know, in this conversation now, the lady, the woman of Samaria, she starts talking with him. And, and I left that a lot, you know, because I, I could be here all day talking. Um, the woman, she was married five times. And she was living with a guy, and the Lord knew that. So this woman was convicted, and she knew that the man she was talking to was special, okay? So now she says to him, The woman saith unto him, unto Jesus, I know that Messiah, so Messiah, cometh, which is called Christ. That's what the word, the name Christ means, Messiah. So when, when you hear the name Jesus Christ, talking Jesus Messiah, when he has come, he will tell us all things. Listen to this next verse. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Wow. So here we have this lady, uh, this woman of Samaria, folks, just another day at the well. And here she's going to fetch a pail of water. <laughs> and then water's heavy too, by the way. You feel that, you feel that, fill that bucket with water, that's heavy, man, and you got to go uh, walk it back into town. So th this woman was weary, and now the next thing you know, she's in a conversation with a man who just happened to be God in the flesh, and here, don't miss this, folks. Don't let anybody ever tell you that Jesus never said he was the Messiah. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. She knew Messiah was coming, and Jesus said, I am he. Wow. Do you see how the Lord did not have to go to the religious leaders, the religious Jews, the ones who had the scrolls, the one who had the scriptures? He went to this woman who was seeking the truth. Hallelujah. What mercies out there, folks, whether you be man or woman, uh, God will reveal himself to you. Uh, here he goes to this woman. He did not look at her uh, as anything less than anyone else, folks. Uh, the Jewish people looked at her uh, as one of a mongrel religion, but this is exactly where God met this woman. He will meet you also where you are. Hallelujah. That passage always blesses me, folks. Back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. For he is our peace, meaning Christ, who hath made both one, meaning Jew and Gentile, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain or two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Folks, the wall's been knocked down between the Jew and the Gentile. Hear me? If God knocked that wall down, folks, don't, don't, don't attempt to put it back up, as some do, that tell you there are two different pe groups of people. God is two distinct peoples of God, uh, the Jewish people and the Gentile people. Hear me today. Absolute nonsense. 
You're either in or you're out. And Christ is the one who knocked down the wall, folks. There's one true people of God, Jewish and Gentile believers in Christ. That's it. This beautiful gospel has been going forth for like 2,000 years, folks. And, you know, you, you hear a lot of talk about people. Oh, God's going to deal with the Jewish people in the future. God's been dealing with the Jewish people, especially since the time of Christ. He, we're talking about the cross, folks. And over and over and over again, you find the Lord preaching to his own people. And they're rejecting the word of God. They're rejecting the gospel. They wanted nothing to do with him. There is no other way to come in. As I read that before, there is no other name. Peter uh, told his own people, whom you crucified. There is no other way. He paid the price. There's nothing else to be done, folks. My, oh my. Let's go down now to verse 17. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. See, how much clearer and how much fairer could this gospel be? So God offers salvation to both Jew and Gentile. And we have access, how? By one spirit, by the Holy Spirit, a Jewish person can be saved. They have access to God by the Spirit of God, you see? But the equalizer, folks, was Christ upon the cross. He paid the price. So, so the Jewish people who resists uh, the gospel, who bucks the gospel, they're not, they're not in any kingdom but the kingdom of this world. They're, they're in the kingdom of darkness. The devil is still their father. And that would apply to Gentile too, a Gentile unbeliever. If, if you don't want Christ, if you reject Christ, you're walking in darkness. It's, it's very simple. You know, God, God knows everyone who's truly born again, the, the true believer. If he probably, you know, if, if we could... Uh, uh, get an illustration here. If you had a little uh, dot of light for everyone who's been truly born again to walk in, in light, obviously, the children of uh, the light, children of God. You know, God knows. So so uh, from heaven, folks, uh, you, you'd see all these little dots of light throughout the world. You see, the whole globe, whether it be in Finland or, or Sweden or Russia or Ukraine or Israel or Palestine, there are believers everywhere, folks. They're part of this one and only distinct group. There's only one people of God, folks. And I'm, I'm, I'm showing you how to get in, okay? So let's go to verse uh, 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. So, the Gentiles, folks, they're not called strangers anymore. Okay, that's a word that's used for like the heathen, the, the nations, the uh, the people who are not part of uh, Israel. Uh, uh, if you read in the uh, Old Testament, called foreigners. But we now you, you, we're fellow citizens. Okay, we're part of the household of God. Hallelujah. we this household of God is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the chief cornerstone. Who is it? It's Jesus Christ Himself. So if you want to be part of that household of God and Christ is the chief cornerstone, you, you can't resist Christ and, and, and say, I don't, I don't believe in him. You're not in. You're not part of the household of God. This one group of people that, that God considers to be his people. Oh, yes. So 
that's how uh, Jesus spoke. You know, when the Lord, as I said, you know, the, the word strangers is used of people who would be Gentiles who weren't of the people of Israel. Do you remember the time that the Lord healed the ten lepers and only one came back to give God glory? Let me read that from Luke 17, verse 15 to 18. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save or accept this stranger. It's a good illustration here. So here, the Lord heals ten people. They had leprosy, this miracle. They're all healed instantly. And only one turned around to give God the glory, and Jesus pointed him out. Okay? He, he let us know he was a Samaritan, okay? And called him stranger. That's, this is beautiful. So I, I want you to remember now, we spoke about that woman of Samaria, okay? who he offered the living water, the one he revealed himself to be the Messiah. Now he's making a point here that the one that came back to give God the glory, give Christ glory, was a Samaritan also, called him a stranger. Do you, do you see how the Lord operates? Do you see he didn't go, he's not, he doesn't have to go into a synagogue and open up the scroll. No, he goes to where people are, folks. And he made a point of saying that this person was a Samaritan. Obviously, all the others were probably people of Israel, but they didn't come back to give him glory. So uh, you, you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, where the man was beaten up by thieves or whatever, and he's left for dead on the side of the road, and, and all the religious uh, leaders and stuff, uh, they, they, they working by, they didn't do anything to help except one man, and that's a Samaritan. That's how we know the, the parable of the good Samaritan. See, do you see how the Lord works, folks? Oh, yes. Verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Okay, so as I get ready to close here, folks, this building that, that we're talking about here it's the, it's, it's the holy temple in the Lord. It's sometimes called the household of God, okay? We can call it the people of God. We are God's people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel is offered to Jew and it's offered to Gentile. You know, if I might bring up, you know, with all that stuff going on in the Middle East and, you know, you listen to some preachers and uh, how they're talking about Israel. Oh, these are God's chosen people, and this is all. Listen to me, folks. Let me tell you how God's looking at that situation over there in the Middle East. There are two groups of people that both need the Lord. The majority of people on both sides of that uh, conflict that's going on want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to make that clear to you. I'm going to make that clear to you want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. If they're not born again and they die, they're going to die in their sins. They're going to go to hell. Let's, let's get real here now, okay? 
I, I speak about this dispensational stuff often because of, you know, look what's happening here. And you have people, oh, wipe them out, kill them. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. You are not walking in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, you are not walking in the Holy Ghost. And, and the Lord's going to return soon, folks. He's looking for a people who love him. You could talk about God's chosen people until and, and you're purple in the face. God's chosen people, folks, want Jesus. Trust me. Those are who the chosen people of God. There's one people of Almighty God. Those are the people who want the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone has the opportunity over there in Israel on both sides to accept the Lord. The majority of Jewish people, as I said, want nothing to do with Christ. They do not believe that God has a son. They do not believe Jesus is the Messiah. They do not believe he's the son of God. The people on the other side, for the most part, were dealing with the people of Islam. They do not even believe that God has a son. But hear me now. On both sides, folks, there are believers. On both sides of that, that, uh, that conflict. On the Israel side, you got messianic believers is what they would call them. On the other side, you've got uh, people of Palestine who've been born again. So now you have people shooting these things off on, on both sides. And trust me, folks, trust me, some of the things that have been committed against the, you know, the, the people of Israel have been hellish. There's no question about it. Don't get me wrong here. Absolutely hellish, demonic, dark, okay? But what, what I'm trying to point out to you today, folks, the way God sees this, and, and that goes for any other war. You can go to Russia, Ukraine, that whole thing. You have people fighting people. People need to be saved. They need to be born again. They need to be cleansed and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ like everybody else in the world. Okay? And, and, and the important thing is, is make sure that you as an individual are right with God. So, so keep in mind, folks, uh, what, what I spoke here today regarding the one and only true people of God. Call upon the Lord, folks. He paid for your sins upon the cross. He will fill you with the living water uh, as he spoke to that uh, woman of Samaria at the well. You need the living water. You must be born again, folks. If you're not born again, you're still outside the kingdom of God. You're still walking in darkness. And I'm going to leave it right there, folks, and you be blessed.